This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Majid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Some of you will uh, remember when we were doing our sessions at the Garrison Institute. And when we had them in the fall and the weather was warm, we would sometimes sit outside in the gazebo out in the woods overlooking the river. And right across the river from Garrison is West Point. And while we sat, we could often hear the loudspeakers at West Point announcing their football games. And in the midst of our sitting, an announcer might suddenly call out, no gain. And everybody would chuckle hearing a little bit of Zen coming from West Point. But of course, what no gain means in a football game is uh, the antithesis of what it means in, in Zen. The football players, they were starting somewhere and trying to get somewhere else. No gain meant no progress. For us, it meant something very different, but often I think it's hard for us to talk about what we really mean by no gain. In the Heart Sutra, it's paired with no loss, no gain. Nothing subtracted, nothing added. Another way to phrase it might be no lack and therefore no gain. Or nothing is missing for which we need some to gain something as an antidote or a supplement. Nothing missing and nothing hidden. It's another way to say it.
little while ago when uh, Gabriel was working on a German translation of Nothing is Hidden, I went back and found the sources of that phrase in both Dogen and Wittgenstein and supplied them to her to put in her edition. And then, of course, I promptly forgot the references. Um, so she could do us all a favor and uh, send us the original quotes. And I think uh, we should post them on the website to epigraphs for our practice from Dogen and from Wittgenstein. Nothing is hidden. Nothing is lacking. Therefore, our practice yields no gain. Unfortunately, it's very hard to escape a kind of uh, static image when you talk about no gain. As, uh, there's nothing to get, no place to go to, so it seems like we're just staying still where we are. But that's not right either. And I thought I would read something uh, from the Blue Cliff Record, which gives a different kind of uh, picture of no gain. This story is from Case 36. One day, Chosa went out for a walk in the mountains. When he returned to the gate, the head monk asked, where have you been, master? Chosa said, I was out walking about in the mountains. The head monk said, where did you go? Chosa said, first I went following the scented grasses. Then I came back through the falling leaves. The head monk said, sounds very much like a spring mood. Chosa said, it's better than an autumn dew dropping on the lotus flower. And the verse attached to the story says, the great earth, not even a speck of dust. How many people do not have an open eye? First I went following the scented grasses. Then I came back through the falling flowers. A wasted crane stands on one leg, perched on a cold tree. The crazy monkey screeches from the old foundation. Chosa's mind is limitless. So Chosa is wandering in the mountains. The head monk basically challenges him. Where are you going? What's there? Why aren't you content to just sit here with us in the temple? Where have you been and where are you going are two kinds of challenging questions that come out of a uh, narrow kind of picture of no gain. 
shouldn't there be no place to go? But Chosa's version of no gain is not static. It's alive, it's moving. He follows the scented grass. He allows his senses to lead him. He comes back through the falling flowers. The head monk says, that sounds very much like a spring mood. And I think the implication there is, oh, you're, you're just attached to pleasantness. You go out on a walk in order to have a good time. <laughs> God forbid. And Chosa says, it's better than the autumn dew dripping on the lotus flower. The implication of that line is autumn being the time when leaves drop and everything becomes to a standstill. The lotus flower is a kind of picture of a sort of enlightenment that uh, is dwelling in emptiness. In the verse, it makes the distinction even more drastic. A wasted crane stands on one leg perched on a cold tree. Yes, it doesn't get any more shut down than that, right? That's cutting off all sensation and senses. And I think that we get images like that in these koans, uh, probably because for many monks, uh, that's what they thought they were striving for, or that's how they ended up in their sitting practice, literally trying to extinguish some parts of themselves, extinguishing desire, extinguishing attachment to things like a pleasant walk in the mountains. Isn't that being led around by likes and dislikes? Isn't that being a slave to sensation? and a sort of ephemeral phenomena that come and go? Shouldn't we find a place beyond all of that? Well, if we do, we're, we turn ourselves into the wasted crane perched on a dead tree. The line after that says, a crazy monkey screeches from the old foundation. Chosa's mind is limitless. For me, the implication of those lines is that, yes, Chosa has gotten to the stage where he can shut everything off. He's experienced the great death. He understands the emptiness of all things. But he doesn't stay there and doesn't get stuck there. He comes back to life, even when that life includes the crazy monkey mind, the crazy screeching monkey, right? 
from the old foundation, out of emptiness, out of this void, comes the screeching monkeys, comes our ordinary mind, our chattering mind, our busy chattering mind. But Chosa's mind is limitless. It has room for the monkey mind as well as the mind of the withered tree. It's the mind that can appreciate the scented grass as well as the falling flowers. See, this picture of no gain is one in which in the whole phenomenal world, the whole relative world of our ordinary mind, nothing is lacking and nothing is missing. And we do not have to cultivate a special state and have that state be the state of some kind of imperturbable no gain. The no gain, the no lack, the fact that nothing is hidden, is what manifests in our daily life in everything all the time. If we don't see that, it's like the Sandokai says, you you're walking the way even if you don't see it, and even the not seeing it is part of the way. For Joko, our most basic practice was just try to notice all the ways in which you treat your ordinary mind or your ordinary life or your ordinary partner as in some way lacking in something deficient, as if you or it or they need to gain something in order to be just right. That is really the psychological edge of our practice, staying at that, that level in which we are saying no to things, seeing lack in things. And then as best we're able to come back over and over again to just this is it. <laughs>